thousands of performers, hundreds of shows, and over a year of planning and designing. The drum corps season is a crescendo that ends in a truly magnificent display of talent and skill. Each year in August, the marching arts world turns its gaze to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis to see the culmination of thousands of hours of practice and passion. The performances across these three days are not only enjoyed by the many thousands of attending fans, but are captured for audiences across the world and across the years. DCI Finals Week is not only the finale for a season, but a celebration of our activity and a moment of inspiration for generations to come. So Mallory, we have made it to finals week and it's a really different sort of finals week this, this, this week. What would you normally be doing this week? So I'll give you two perspectives. Before (laughs) I moved to Ireland, I had a flow marching subscription. So I would probably be parked on my couch, full layout of snacks, not going anywhere. (laughs) Do not bother me. Phone is up. Do not disturb this is the holy weekend. Um, it's a little different now that I've moved to Ireland because I don't have access to these things. So mm. I, since I moved to Ireland, I would say that it's pretty much business as usual. I don't have a way to you know, get readily available content anymore. So I spend a lot of time now in Ireland watching social media, getting clips where I can, and kind of watching scores as, as I can. There's also the added... Um, hurdle of the fact that there's a big time difference in Ireland as well so it's Mm -hmm. like I can't stay up until the end of finals night I'm old I can't do it (laughs) so (laughs) yeah because it's six hours I mean finals night is not finished about 11 p.m I get you know you're talking about 5 a.m I see the sunrise (laughs) as they finish the final ceremony yeah no um so finals week is a little different for me here in Ireland in Ireland but yeah in the states it was a whole weekend like my friends knew not to bother me I was going to be watching finals that weekend. Well, I think that's a perspective that, that in, in the US you wouldn't see is actually we, we can't access it internationally, you know? Yeah, it's a big um, And so, you know, it, it, it makes it difficult, you know? <laughs> yeah, from marching, get on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so, it's so difficult. I mean, I've been lucky, obviously, the last couple of years that I've, I've got to go to finals and mm. I was due to be there uh, this week. Um, I mean, for anyone, if if you've listened to all the episodes, you know that there's an ad that's read out beautifully by Mallory halfway through each episode about the DCI fan experience, and I've I've had the the pleasure of being able to bring people from around the world um, to finals over the last the last couple of weeks. So, like, I know exactly what my itinerary was meant to be today yeah. and tomorrow, and it's just really sort of sad looking. I didn't delete anything from my calendar. No. <laughs> so, so I'm getting notifications each morning about what I'm meant to be doing. Apple is just like, here's what you could have been doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so I'm sure everyone out there is feeling that way this yeah. week. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people 
that love the activity can't get to it every single year, but they at least get to be able to enjoy it from a distance or they get to be able to enjoy the DVDs or the clips afterwards. Or and, from and a so movie on. theater and, and we sometimes. Won't, we won't have that this year. I know it's, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. One of the, the big, I suppose the big elephant in the room for this entire series has been that we haven't really talked about 2020, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, th- I think we, we made a conscious decision that we wanted this to be a celebration of the activity. And so it was really difficult to, um, you know, bring up what was happening this year. Uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, Mallory, because you, you sat through every single one of these 25 odd uh, hour interviews. Um, and, and, and the subject came up a lot with, with our guests. Um, I... we, we didn't really use the, a lot of that. No. And I, I, I keep thinking, back on all of the interviews that we did and Keith I can't remember one that we didn't talk about how weird this year was Hmm. at least briefly even if it was a minute and a half everyone just kind of mentioned how you know people that followed along with the activity obviously are just like it's weird or participate I should say even um I think every single interview we did it was mentioned at least briefly you know this activity attracts some of the most creative, passionate, and hardworking people. I mean, to, to be mm-hmm. involved in the activity at all, you, you have to be all three of those, you know, creative, hardworking, and passionate. Yeah. And, and there's no way that those type of people, whether they're instructors or designers or whether they're fundraisers or, or performers, there's no way that they're going to let this activity flounder. You know, yeah. it, it's going to be different in 2021. Uh, you know, it's going to be different for a few years, I'm sure. Mm. But but there's no way that this activity doesn't prosper into the future. The, people are far too much too passionate about it. And if, if if speaking to all of these amazing guests has has taught me anything, it's how much people are willing to put on the line and do for the activity. They're incredibly passionate about it. Yeah. Um. And so. We will be doing one more episode. So you will have heard, if you've been listening to the this series from the beginning, that this was meant to be an eight-part series. And this is hey, episode seven. And yet we're talking about finals week. Well, part of that was because of the release schedule um, just got slightly altered. And so we were going to do two episodes in finals week. But what we felt was important was to actually cover the elephant in the room um, before the end of the year. So what we're going to do is we're going to finish up for now with finals week. Uh, and talk about with with some amazing guests t- today about what that week looks like and the importance of it and lots of different perspectives on it. And then in about uh, a month or two, we're going to have a special final episode talking about 2020 uh, because we've heard some amazing stories of different cores and performers yeah. and different people doing amazing things to keep the activity um, together and to keep people together and that goes for the drum corps world in the US but it goes internationally and, and and actually just the whole music marching band drum corps marching arts um community has has done some amazing things this year and so we're going to talk about a little bit a bit of, about that in um in October so if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast and you've been listening to it on the uh, Field Pass stream, uh, Dan Potter stream, uh, you can continue to subscribe to that and you'll hear that special bonus episode. If you're interested in hearing more 
uh, more like this. The Global Band Room is going to be producing a number of podcast series similar to this, where we'll be talking about various different topics from marching band around the world to concert band and composers and the um, and, and, and what band looks like elsewhere in the world too. So if you're interested in finding out any more about that sort of thing, head over to the Global Band Room and we'll be hopefully producing more just like this. Pretty amazing. Give us a follow. So as this episode is releasing, I should be in Indianapolis alongside many of you. Last night I would have been enjoying Open Class Finals in Marion, and today I'd be attending the Performer Showcase, which is an opportunity for performers across the course to compete and showcase their talent individually and in small ensembles. But what does finals week normally look like for the cores and the performers? The biggest unique thing that about finals week that most people probably don't know is you rehearse less um, on the last three days of the season than at any other point during the season. Mark Nichols, brass caption head with Santa Clara Vanguard. You have less rehearsal time than ever because you do a bunch of really great ceremonies and they're, they're great ceremonies and I love them, but they happen each day. You do a progressive ceremony. Like we do a, a green feather ceremony uh, where we present all the age out a green uh, feather. Um, we do a fun activity called age out basics uh, where all the age outs get to um, do basics by themselves while the rest of the drum corps is there. Uh, and we do a volunteer circle and that happens on the last three days of the season. Um, so the rehearsals are shorter because of that. Um, the housing in Indianapolis tends to be further away. So by the time you, and, and I, uh, the night they do the, uh, age out ceremony after the performance, you get back to your housing site pretty late and then you give the members eight hours and then you get up the next day. You're talking about a four hour rehearsal day, which in drum corps is a very, very short day. Um, and you basically eat breakfast, you warm up, you go to rehearsal, you hit some spots of the show. You do a run through and you're done. So it's it's a very, very quick uh, rehearsal. Um, so generally finals week is a little bit different in that because it's it's short and you have show days, you have non-show days. Typically show days are short like that. So that's the one consistency, uh, but they tend to be shorter rehearsal days. Um, in 2018 was probably the most relaxed finals week that I've ever been a part of. And that probably seems very backwards. Uh, but I think by that point in the season, we felt very comfortable. The members were performing very well. They were having a good time. They loved the show. They were loving performing it. Um, and we, we didn't feel the need to mess with anything. I'm sure that stress and tension exists somewhere during finals week, but not with any of the guests that I spoke to for this podcast. After putting so much effort and hard work into their shows, cores and performers are pretty relaxed and assured of themselves heading into finals week. It's a theme that came up again and again. Peyton Grunsky, drum major with the Bluecoats. I would say finals week is maybe a little bit less stressful than other parts of tour because you do have all those months of you know building good habits and practicing and getting good reps to fall back on you just kind of got to trust the technique at that point and reinforce it over that last part of tour uh and for blue coats it's fun because 
at least since I've been there, we return to our same spring training site for finals week. So you get kind of this wave of nostalgia as you look back on where the show was when you were there before and where it is now. Um, but it is like you do take a step back from performing for a second and go back to more rehearsal just to making sure things are as clean as they can be before you go out uh, into Lucas Oil. Even though we may outside of rehearsals and outside of what the membership sees, we may be stressing or we may be worrying about what to do or really trying to think about how are we going to st strategize the next two weeks to make sure that, you know, Saturday night happens the right way. Even we may be doing that a lot. We In rehearsals, we need to be keeping the goal on just getting better and becoming the best performers that we can and, and keeping that consistent. John Meehan, Brass Caption Head and Arranger with the Blue Devils. So I would hope that the membership doesn't see a difference between maybe 2018 and 2019. Now they'll feel it because, you know, in 2018, they, they knew that they weren't quite going to be able to catch Vanguard. Um, but in 2019, they, they knew that that was going to be, it, it was going to go either way, you know, and, and I got, I got inducted into the hall of fame last year, um, that summer, that summer was crazy because I came over and visited you in Ireland two weeks before finals came home, you know, did the last two weeks, uh, got inducted into the hall of fame with, um, Doug Thrower, who's the arranger for the blue coats. And so it was awesome that whichever core was going to win, one of us was going to have that opportunity to go in and win that same year, which I thought was awesome. And I would have been okay with it either way. Um, and then to have those last three nights go the way they did, that was definitely one of the most stressful, you know, end of the seasons I've ever been through. Um, but because of what I had learned over all those years, I tried to take it in as, as much stride as I possibly could and make sure that every day, you know, cause you don't want to, for, you don't want to get through something and then not remember it because you weren't living in the moment, you know? And, and I think that last year was one of those that I really got to, to, to lean on that and live in each and every one of those moments, loving the, um, the age out ceremony that happened. I think that's Friday night. Uh, loved seeing all the age outs out there and not nobody knowing what was going to happen on Saturday. And then the blue coats absolutely threw down Saturday night, um, you know, with their performance uh, with of the Beatles, and just you could tell the crowd was so energetic. And what I loved was our kids came out there and just did what they do, you know. They they weren't affected by any of they could have been affected by so many different things leading up to that moment of their performance Saturday night, and they were able to go ahead and keep all of that in check until that last downbeat, until they got off the field. And then you saw all the emotion kind of break out of them, you know? And, and the best part of that is that, in my opinion, they were happy no matter what happened. It really shouldn't have been a surprise to me that the cores and performers are so assured and poised during finals week. The value of hard work and preparation are part of what attracted me to DCI back in Athlone in 2015. And it's a core part of the whole activity and yet hearing that same response from across the spectrum really emphasised the point to me. That level of preparation goes all the way to the top too. Yeah, I'm busy, but you know what? Uh, the team that I have in place, uh, they're running the event. Uh, in the early years in this role, I was a part of running the event. Um, I don't get involved in the running of the event because I have an incredible staff 
a base of volunteers that have been with us for a long time. And uh, my role now is to stay out of their way. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, of course, uh, I wouldn't mind doing whatever it is they're doing, whatever they need me to do. But uh, the best uh, uh, that I can say is, is they don't need me. They need me to stay out of their way and let them do their jobs. But my week, it, it, my frustration for the week is I can't be everywhere at once because I want to be I want to be out at the warm up area. I want to see what's going on out there. I want to enjoy that. Right. And and, and make sure that it's, uh, you know, it's everything that they expected it to be. But at the same time, just to see it, uh, to be at all the, the dinners and the, uh, and to be able to connect with people. That's what I that's what my new role is at championships is to make those connections that I really only do get the opportunity to do once a year. And I don't make enough, frankly, uh, of those connections because I do get uh, uh, one place where I, oh, gosh, I wish I could have been in this other place and, you know, those types of things. But uh, the the biggest thing that I like to do that week is, is to just let everybody know how grateful I am for their role in this thing we do. Uh, that's an easy job for me because uh, it, it comes from the heart and there's so much uh, which we've identified in so many ways here in, in, in these various podcasts and so forth that there's so much that goes into this. Uh, it's not just the performance on the field. It's uh, the countless volunteers, the employees, the hotels, the city, the uh, volunteers that support the cores, the great fans that give more than just uh, their ticket as a donation. Uh, all of those things that, uh, you know, the sponsors, our partners uh, that have been with us for years and those that join us just last year. It's just amazing how many people come and embrace this thing we do uh, to lift this stage up, to make it the world-class stage that it is. I've only known DCI since finals have been held in Lucas Oil Stadium. But prior to 2009, this wasn't always the case. I asked Dan about the decision to move finals to a permanent home. So as the business evolved of Drum Corps, uh, it became apparent that uh, a lot of resources were being spent in creating a world-class stage and a championship stage in a new city every year. Uh, it was a business model that just didn't seem logical uh, to be able to pull off year after year with limited resources. A third of my time as the CEO uh, and many other staff uh, in the DCI office was spent looking two, three years down the road and starting to cultivate and set up plans in a new city. So we had a, uh, a, a very uh, uh, strategic thinking, uh, uh, outside of the box kind of uh, partner here in Indianapolis approach us and ask if we would consider uh, doing a long-term championship in one location. And we just kind of chuckled and said, I can't imagine that would ever happen. And, you know, what would be the benefits and, you know, all that kind of thing. And uh, boy, the city of Indianapolis really stepped forward so much. So we moved our offices from the Chicagoland area to here uh, as well as our championship event. And um, so some of the things that that caused us to take a look at it is the uh, not just the business side of it, but the side of it that does enhance the performer's experience. Uh, having the opportunity to have our championships indoor, while controversial at the time, 
with our fans uh, and our uh, creators as well, uh, turned out to be this asset. Our fans are comfortable in an air-conditioned facility. Uh, uh, they, they know what to expect from one year to the next. Uh, those that come every year, uh, the performers know what to expect, uh, especially those that are marching their second, third, fourth, fifth year. And the, uh, the creators know what to expect, down to almost the blade of fake grass on the artificial turf. And uh, that has presented itself in the form of an opportunity over that time. But the business relationships that DCI is able to establish, the community relationships, being a part of the community, something we were never able to do prior to 2009. And now we're a part of the, uh, uh, the arts community here in town. We, are, uh, we have great partners with venues, with our uh, uh, security, uh, our planning in the city to do everything that we need to do in the parks and the, uh, for the warm-ups and just streets that we need to close to create a better event and those types of things. Getting those things done each year in a new facility was always a challenge to get it to the level we really needed it to be. Now, since we've been in Lucas Oil Stadium, we've gone from just having a drum corps competition to several other events. Uh, one of those being, of course, the Soundsport International Music and Food Festival. Uh, that has grown in the last five years to be its own event on the Saturday of finals. In episode five, we talked a lot about how the activity is judged, but how does finals week look to judges? And is there an added weight or sense of pressure? The DCI finals week is really an important time, of course, for the drum corps, but it's equally important for any judge who's been invited to participate. The finals night is, of course, the show, it's the pinnacle, it's the end point and the result of a lot of hard work by a lot of young people and their instructors and staff over the course of the season. It's also a very uh, prestigious event for judges to be evaluating. But I want to say this, as uh, someone who has been a judge at various events before and now as the supervisor of all of the judges, I consider the quarterfinals and semifinals equally important. In fact, all three events during championship week are taken with the same degree of seriousness and importance on the part of the judges. We typically meet on Wednesday evening, and when they come to Indianapolis for championship week, the judges do not know what day they're going to be judging. They don't know what caption they're going to be judging. They just know that they've been given an invitation. And this has been a tradition that's gone on for decades, since I was uh, judging, since my first judge administrator, Donald Angelica. The difference is when uh, we would come to nationals or championships, uh, when I was a judge, you'd walk into the hotel room or the hotel lobby, I should say, and there would be a poster board there and there'd be a, a, an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper on there. And those were the assignments were posted. <laughs> so you'd walk in and you'd, you'd see your name there and you'd see, you know, hey, I guess I can go to the bar tonight. <laughs> or you'd say, ah, oh, I better keep my head straight because I got a big show tomorrow. So um, that's an, an interesting thing because we, we have a, a judge's dinner on Wednesday night and we have some fun together. We recall some of the things that have gone on over the season. And then we introduce uh, each of the panels to their captions and what they're going to be doing. So for me, Thursday, here's what I think the, the, 
the order of importance is. Well, they're all important. But what's important uh, on the semi quarterfinals on Thursday is to ensure that every participant feels like a champion, that every participant is given equal uh, opportunity to, to be successful, and that the judge's commentary recognizes and rewards all of the hard work that they've put into it whether it's one of our open class cores who go on very early in the morning, uh, all the way to someone who might be seated to go on last in the evening. Um, and the cores are, are, are drawn in a certain order. So they're not just going on you know, by reverse order of appearance or uh, achievement throughout the season. They're drawn in these different groups and it's a little too complicated to get into, but it's somewhat random, but not too random. And so that's, that's Thursday and, and picking the top 20, uh, five out of that is is really important to make sure that um, they get to advance uh, to the next event, right? Which is on semifinals, and then that group of uh, cores moves on, and then from that block of, of participants, we want to see who are going to be the twelve finalists that will go on to Saturday. And I have a meeting before each of the events, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, with the entire judging panel. And I remind them just to think about three things. Number one, forget what they might have seen or experienced all season. This is a, a, a blank canvas. I want them to respond and react and reward what they feel and see in the moment based on their professional judgment. I think that's really important. Number two, I want them to stay focused and really stick to their caption and be, you know, that's why they are there. I remind them that they are there because they are the best of the best that we have. And there are actually, we don't have enough spots to bring in all of the judges. So, you know, it's an honor to, to be part of that. And then at the end of the day, I want them to be open and honest and act with integrity because that's really what will keep the cores uh, continuing to grow and be successful and what will determine who is the best in their particular caption let the system do its job and that will determine who the national champion finding drum corps is brought to you by dci experience tours whether you're a fan alumni or a music educator looking to bring your students on an experience that they'll never forget DCI Experience Tours have packages for everyone who plans to come to DCI Finals. DCI Experience Tours are hosted by Keith Kelly, host of the Finding Drum Corps podcast and operated by Celtic Horizon Tours. With over 25 years experience in individual and group travel, Celtic Horizon Tours will make sure that you have the best possible experience to suit your needs. Join Keith and the DCI Experience team for exclusive backstage access, VIP dinners, rehearsal walkthroughs, and much more. To see what we're putting together for 2021, or to start working on a custom performance and education tour for your students, head over to CelticHorizonTours.com forward slash DCI Experience, or find us on social media at DCI Experience Tours.
Drum Corps fans love to introduce outsiders to their activity, and in 2019, I had my first opportunity to do this. If you were at finals that year, you might remember a very small, cute, but badass drumline from Oldbridge Elementary in New Jersey. They walked into drumline battle with the confidence and swagger of any other drum corps that day. I had the pleasure of working with these kids, their staff and parents and seen firsthand their amazement at seeing drum corps live for the first time. Colin Bell, percussionist and educator. There is youth drumming in the USA. There's a couple notable programs for sure, but it's not that big and they're not really connecting to the DCI thing too much. And we got the uh, Pearl Junior Series drums, which are great for our, our young students. They're small, they're lightweight, you know. And two years ago, we started it. In our first year, we just did a couple local performances and we did a music video. So fast forward to the next year, Tony and I are saying, you know, I should premise this by saying, um, you know, the, the goal of the drumline the elementary drumline is to foster the love of the drumline culture, to teach them the disciplined nature of drumline culture and performance qualities, like how to turn it on and not be afraid to perform, how to stand that attention and like not break your focus, you know, all the basic tendencies that you learn, you know, usually when you're in like a high school band. But, you know, teach them the love of drumline and performing for people with absolutely zero competitive aspects whatsoever. And that's huge to us like you know these kids are nine and ten years old all it takes is one bad experience with that kind of thing they will never pick the sticks up again i see it all all the time they're very sensitive so tony and i decided let's let's go for this dci thing you know and um we signed up we met you you know we um we navigated the challenges of like trying to book this trip, you know, which, you know, I think went really smooth. The, the, the children, the parents, nobody knows what DCI is. They don't even understand March, uh, marching band or anything. You know, again, these students are in fifth grade some, and there was maybe one or two of them that were in fourth grade, you know, so they're very young. They got to perform so many times between drum battle, uh, drumline battle, and we got to do sound sport as well inside in the sound sport arena, you know, um, with our name on a big screen TV and a huge crowd and... You know, the crowd was super supportive because they just saw the age group come out. And they're like, oh, my goodness, look at these young students. But then when they played, you know, they got they they earned their respect. You know, um, they they worked hard, you know, and it's nine and 10 year olds to try to get them to do any, anything on, a, on a, a high level, even if it's something simple. But like that high level of execution that we want in the drumline world and that focus it's very very hard it can take a month to get like four bars of music with them down you know to give you some perspective um and to see them do their thing and you know we had the outfits with the sunglasses and i mean they really turned it on we, we taught them like you know when you play for a crowd they're there to see you you know give them give them the face you know put put the vibe out you know we, we coached them on that all year and um to see that age group take that you know, and actually do it in front of people and step up in the moment. It was so rewarding. I mean, I, you know, Tony and I, to be honest with you, we were having emotional reactions as teachers that you usually have either when you're marching world-class finals in front of like, you know, tens of thousands of people, or when you're teaching on that level, we were having the same emotional response and experience with these students. And, you know, I, I've been around drum corps for, you know, kind of a long time now. And, you know, you, you tend to 
be numb to some of that after a while. You know, not that it doesn't mean anything else, but, you know, you're not sobbing over every second all the time, you know. And I was choked up numerous times. As soon as they walked out, they were like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry, man. I can't think this. Ah. You know, like, it was just we were so proud of them. And the whole thing was such that pure experience that we all want to have without it being tainted by any of the negativity of like caring if you win or not, or what place you come in. Um, the reaction of finals night from the parents and the students um, was really the, the, the period at the end of the sentence or the icing on the cake, you know, however you want to say it. Um, they, they, again, the, the, the trip was a slow crescendo to showing them the whole world of what we do throughout the week. So when we finally get the finals and we start watching the top 12, immediately just sitting in the stadium and just feeling the energy of the crowd and, you know, just sitting in Lucas Oil Stadium, seeing all the sous vide uh, stands set up, getting snacks, you know, you're, you're at a major international event in Lucas Oil Stadium. So immediately the vibe is, is set and they're excited. And as soon as the first drum corps came out and they saw the size and the scope of the top 12, um, they were blown away immediately. You know, they were engaged with every show. You know, and they're like, well, I think that color guard, you know, their flags were more in sync, you know, and I like this show better. You know? And um, it was really good. It was, it was it was great to hear their natural reactions because, you know what? It was like what everybody says. You know what I'm saying? So they really like they were getting heated. Um, we even we used them um, to correspond um, to use co for correspondence and, you know, um, communication and stuff. We used the band app. Um, so we send out real time schedule updates and the debate started heating up on the band app. About people start posting like, you know, oh, the Blue Devils shouldn't have won, and the Blue Coat shouldn't have won, and I like this show, I like that show, blah, blah. and uh, it was just so funny to see. Um, but they were into it, man. You know, the parents were more into debating who should have won and who should have not. The kids were just more appreciative of what they saw. We've talked before about how these shows are always developing. Well, that can go on right up until finals week. If you watched the 2019 season, you might remember that amazing entrance that the Crossmen had. Lydia Marshall, the 2019 Crossmen drum major, told me a little about the background to that last minute change. We actually changed the entrance for prelims. So okay. we, I think we kind of scared the audience. I know we scared the Crossmen parents because my, my mom told me about it later, but we usually started the whole season on the field. And then the entrance would begin you know, about 20 or 30 yards in. But this time we hid in the tunnel and I came out on my own and we, we told no one. I didn't even tell my parents, like literally just the DCI media knew to get the camera angles and everything. Right. And <laughs> the first night I walked out in that entrance, it, the stadium was dead silent because no one knew what was going on. They thought we were late. So, <laughs> you know, we've been hyping up. Oh, this no, the drum major's there and the rest of the core isn't. <laughs> right, right. You know, we were hyping up this entrance um, yeah, while we were rehearsing all week at Trafalgar. And we get there and it's dead silent. I'm like, oh, my God, they don't get it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but it, it worked. And by finals, you know, people were cheering. They were they were waiting for it. So it was, you know, one of the one of the best ideas, one of the best ways to end the season for us that, that was really exciting to have the, the crowd asking for us to get out there and you know they stood up at finals I think like a good 40 seconds before we were even done and it was just incredible 
The, the one thing people don't usually tell you about finals night is after you perform, you usually come out of the stadium. And what I and you you know you have time as a drum corps together, and you can kind of say all those goodbyes, and then you line back up to get ready for retreat. Well, when you go on last, you don't have very much time at all. You come off the field, you're able to talk for maybe ten minutes, and then it's like, hey, line up for retreat. Everyone else is ready to go. And the years before, we had been second to last, we had been third to last. We were kind of used to having this extra time to say goodbye. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's go to retreat. And it was like, whoa, this is happening. And then I asked results and it just seemed to go by really quick. I was like, did that just happen? Did this actually just get announced? And it was very surreal. Um, and then it's like, okay, get ready for the encore performance. And we're all like, we don't know what to do. Like, So then we, we go out and do the encore performance and you're almost rushed off the field a little bit because they have to close the stadium. I get it. Like there's, they're paying for the hours and the lights and all this stuff. Um, and it was just a, a very quick ending. Like you're like, wait a minute, this is over. Did that really happen? And I remember walking uh, to my hotel room to get, uh, to meet with my wife uh, and being like, we just won. I can't believe this happened. And we had won the gym Ott, which was the first time that Vanguard Brass had won the gym on. And it was just surreal. It went, did they really not? And I think it took me, I mean, we were at the banquet the next day and I still couldn't fathom that it actually happened. It felt surreal, it felt like a dream, but it was absolutely relaxed. Like there was, there was not a lot of worry. I think the members just felt great. I think they knew it had been a fun season. They. They, they just love performing that show. If we had woken up the next morning and say, you want to do this again, they probably would have thrown uniforms on and doing it again because they love the experience. Finals night is uh, just one big bundle of emotions uh, because it is not only the culmination of a season, it's a historic moment in the history of Drum Corps International, uh, which has all of the years that precede it as a part of what made that moment that year take place. And to have all of that in your heart and in your head uh, it makes it a challenge to get through the day because there's just so much uh, to be grateful for and so much uh, that you witness in terms of from that drumline battle that happens uh, with the, the kids from down the street at the local high school all the way to uh, the world champion being uh, uh, having their mental medals presented to their drum majors is just uh, one big raw day of emotion. That Saturday night is one of the most emotionally draining nights ever because you put, you've put everything into this season, you've put everything into that performance and then you have no, responsibility and it's all up to the members about how they perform that night and you see them do amazing and then they get off the field and then scores are announced and then you don't ever see them again and it's just so it's so emotionally draining we do our best to try to get them all together before retreat and talk to them and then after retreat we try to get them all together and talk to them but you never have that same intimacy that you do in say a rehearsal when you're in in brass warm-up 
and you say, bring it in, and you get to just look at their faces and talk to them for 10 or 15 minutes. You never get that after finals. You know, everything kind of goes away. So um, it's, it's definitely an emotionally draining night. And I would say that if I ever get to the point where I'm not completely emotionally wrecked when the season ends, then, you know, maybe I need to start looking at doing something different. And for now, that's it. I really do hope that you've enjoyed the series and found some comfort in it this year. I know I certainly have, and I'm extremely grateful both for the opportunity and the response and support we've received from the community. We'll be back in the fall with a special episode on 2020, so stay subscribed at the Field Pass and maybe head over to at the Global Band Room on Facebook and Instagram to find out more about shows just like this one. If you've enjoyed the show, please head over to dci.org and if you can, make a donation to the March On Fund or to your favourite core or soundsport team this summer. My drum corps journey is far from over though and I'm already looking forward to season two. Until then, March On. <laughs>